0: The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 74. Singapore's Bukit Timah Nature Reserve has a wider variety of trees than all of North America. Talk about going green. One, two, three. I'll show you Paris in the morning. I'll show you. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that'll teach you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is the one person who always makes my travel mishaps more fun and my constant traveling companion, my wife and podcast co-host, Heather. Hey, Heath, how you doing?
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on again, Trav.
0: And whether this is your first time listening or you've been listening to us from since the very beginning, we want to thank you very much for the support, for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And if you are new to the show, I want to introduce you to Podcast Gluttony. This is the end of week four of Podcast Gluttony. What that means is we have been releasing one show every single weekday through the month of September. So five shows a week. This is show number 20 of Podcast Gluttony. So if you haven't been with us the whole time, make sure you go back, listen to some of those other shows, some of those gems that we've had. And if you have been joining us, please let us know what you like, what type of shows you want to listen to, what you've really enjoyed. You can email me, Travid Extra Pack of Peanuts. Of course, you can leave a review on iTunes, on Stitcher. Just let us know what you like if you want us to continue doing it. And if you have been listening to the show, you know one of my favorite things to do when I bring on a guest, an interview, is ask them about their travel mishaps. Because Heth, everyone seems to look at our Facebook pictures and they think travel is magical and it's always perfect and it always goes so well.
1: Yeah, of course we're not posting the pictures of the worst stuff that happens to us, only the best, right? That's what social media is about.
0: Yeah, so we travel quite a bit and so we have had a bunch of mishaps and we've alluded to some of these mishaps On other podcasts, but we've never fully told the whole story. So today, Heather and I are both going to reveal our biggest travel mishap, including uh, getting stuck in Singapore and also crashing some motorbikes. So I won't give it all away. But before we get into the big travel mishaps, you guys cannot leave us hanging. We are going to bare our souls here. We're going to tell you the mistakes we've made, why we're idiots, but we're going to tell you our travel mishaps. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do that by going to slash mishaps. So again, please don't leave us hanging. Don't make us look like the only traveling fools out there, the only ones who ever make mistakes. Let us know your travel mishaps. And of course, let us know what you learn from them. Because at the end of the show, we're going to kind of tell you what we've taken away from these travel mishaps and how we've you know, come to really embrace the travel mishaps and what they really mean to us and mean to travel in general. Before we get into the two big mishaps, we kind of got to touch on a few of the, quote unquote, tiny mishaps that we've had.
1: Minor mishaps. Minor
0: mishaps. There we go. Alliteration. Much better there. What are some of the minor mishaps that we've had, Hath?
1: Well, most of our minor mishaps have to do with accommodation. We obviously travel a lot. Sometimes we stay in really nice places, and sometimes we stay in not-so-nice places.
0: So a lot of our minor mishaps are with these accommodations, and sometimes we end up staying there for a night or two. Sometimes we bail out right away. Um, the first real minor mishap we had was our first ever trip to Thailand. One of the first hostels we ever stayed at was called the Mojito House in Chiang Mai.
1: And I think the idea behind this one was that we we never really stayed in a hostel before, or maybe once or twice, like in Switzerland, we stayed at one. In it's the our Mallings. first
0: real backpacking adventure.
1: And I think Travis was curious to find out what a four dollar a night hostel would be like, and he and in his you know, defense. This hostel got rated really well on hostel bookers or whatever. But we arrive in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and we get to this little teeny tiny hostel in the old city. And we have a private room booked. And the woman shows us up to our room. And, you know, we go up this staircase and we pass a landing where a lot of people have sleeping bags and luggage laid out.
0: Yeah, like the landing between the first and second set of stairs yeah like and a we floor thought landing. oh well,
1: that's strange that people have like sleeping bags and their backpacks here but whatever so we keep walking up to the second floor and that's where the private room was and then w- so where was the dorm
0: the dorm was the landing of the stairs. That was the quote unquote $1 a night dorm. Our 3 or $4 <laughs> private room was not much better. Granted, there wasn't other people sleeping right next to it. It had a bed. It had a bed, which had literally had springs popping out of it, like a cartoon. Literally, there were springs. You could see the springs popping out of it. The shower didn't work. Yeah,
1: it had its own bathroom and it's supposed to have a private bathroom, but it didn't work. I mean, the shower didn't work and all it was was a hose. It wasn't really like... It, it was just, it was terrible. And you know, this is our first time truly backpacking. We've been married, I don't know, six months at this point. And Travis, you know, he was like, well, this isn't so bad. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we need to leave immediately. We actually ended up spending the night there. We one stayed night. We
0: one night. We had booked two nights in advance. We stayed one night. We then went down the next morning and just said that we had to move. I think
1: I don't remember what we said exactly, but because it was only $4, we just, you know... We
0: just said you can keep our second <laughs> night's deposit or, or not deposit, but you could keep the money for a second night. We're going to move on. So that was one of the places. If you want to hear about a place that was so bad, we actually didn't stay. You can listen to our Destination India's podcast. We kind of go into the whole story of being near the Taj Mahal and having a place booked and then actually leaving that. That's a very funny story. Um, It was so terrible. We couldn't even stay one night there. Yeah, putting her foot down. It was really bad. So that's in, if you go to extrafacopants.com slash destination India, you find our podcast about India, you can listen to that whole story. We stayed at a place in Madrid once with my sister.
1: Yeah, and this one wasn't, you know, it wasn't, disgusting or anything. It was actually like a pretty nice hostel, but it was more the vibe and the other patrons of the hostel that, you know, were a little less than desirable for us. So we get to Madrid and we have just one night. And like Travis said, we were with his sister Gail. So the three of us decided, well...
0: Let's we'll get just, a cheap place. Yeah. No big deal. We'll stay in a dorm. Like and, we usually get private rooms, but we'll stay in a dorm. Yeah, we'll
1: all stay together because there's the three of us. And so we arrive in Madrid and we go to the hostel, which was right off... Of Plaza Plaza del Sol. Plaza del Sol, and we're walking down the little alley, and we see this building. It looks like the right address, but there's graffiti on it, and
0: the windows on the first floor are boarded up, and there's a spray painted number nine on one of the windows. That was the address we were looking for, so we thought, okay, maybe this is it. We couldn't get in, but then some people walked out of the door, and they look like young, kind of backpacker type. So we thought, okay, this is it. We climbed five stories of stairs. And there's apartments all throughout this thing, so it was a little odd. And then we get to the fifth floor, and it sounds like there is a frat party going on, like a huge frat party on this other side door. We're knocking, we're ringing the buzzer, no one's letting us in. No one can hear
1: us, probably, until I don't know if someone just happened to open the door on their way out.
0: Who knows? But people basically spilled out in the hallway. That's how packed it was. They were all drinking, going crazy. They were getting ready to go out for the pub crawl in like five minutes. It was basically your typical, quote unquote, youth hostel, 18 to 21 year olds just going nuts. Yeah. We were 30 at this point, you know, we, we had just wanted a place to lay our heads. So that was a <laughs> not what we expected. It was it was clean. It was nice.
1: Yeah, it was really nice. I mean, they had shared bathrooms in common areas and a kitchen and, you know, everything in there was was fine. It's just that, you know, the vibe there with the young people and having to share I mean, we had a. A dorm room. I mean, it had like eight bunk beds in it or something. And fortunately, you know, there were some nice other American guys traveling. So it all ended up being fine. But, you know, it's not exactly the atmosphere that we usually.
0: Right. We had some had some really nice hostels throughout this whole time. Some private rooms Our last night in Spain. Just not what we expected. Again, a little tiny minor mishap. We did have a very funny mishap in England on one of our very first trips abroad when we had a rental car. And I had been driving this rental car all through the Cotswolds, all through these tiny streets. Had never gotten in an accident with it. Was really scared because I didn't understand how rental car insurance even worked at that point. I didn't know about credit cards and rental car insurance. So I was very nervous that at some point I'd have yeah. to pay a lot of money this for this This was
1: like, I don't know, six years ago. When yeah,
0: we were like 24. So again, we didn't really know how stuff worked. We were not seasoned travelers at that point And it all.
1: was your first time driving on the left side of the road. Yeah.
0: And those are. that's another funny story. I was getting out of the airport was a mishap in itself. Either way, we ended up being fine with the car and we were going to take the car back. And it was like the second to last day. And we have it parked in the driveway of our friend who lived there above, you know, north of London. And we wake up to her saying, guys, I'm really sorry, but I crashed into your rental car. She was... She just had
1: backed into it. You know, it was parked... Not, you know, it was was parked parked in her driveway, driveway, but on the
0: other side of the driveway. She
1: knew it was there and she just, you know,
0: she just backed right into the side of it, scraped the whole thing up. We thought she was joking. She was not. She gave us like the 250 British pounds, which is, you know, like $400 that we had to pay the insurance company. Long story short, though, our credit card got messed up. They double charged us. Then they gave us all the money back. So we actually ended up making 250 British pounds out of this experience because we never told Heather's friend, Heather, that we got the money back from the credit card company. So thanks for those 250 British pounds, Heather.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I hope she's not listening to this.
0: So that was a little minor mishap. We also have a funny story, but we're not going to tell it on this podcast. We got to save some for later. Where we actually had to sneak across the border between Bosnia and Croatia late at the night. So we had to sneak illegally into Croatia. To this day, we are illegally in. We were illegally in Croatia at that point. But that will be a story for another podcast. Because like I said, we got to hold some from you. But let's get into our two major mishaps because when people ask us what our major mishaps are. There's one for each of us that stands out head and shoulders above the rest. So do you want me to lead out, Heather, or do you want to start with your travel mishap?
1: Well, usually it's ladies first, but I think you should go first because I might need to ease into mine a little bit.
0: All right, we'll go first. I have alluded to this, both of these stories before on the podcast, but this is the first time we'll be telling it in full. So you guys are getting the full reveal here of this entire story. And to set the scene for this, what happened was we were leaving Japan, and we had finished our two years there. And before that, we had one we month. Were,
1: we were moving back to moving the States.
0: Moving back to the States, right. And we had one month where we could travel before that. So we were going Japan to Singapore for just a layover, less than 24 hours. Then we were going to go to Indonesia, to Bali for a stopover, then to India, and then back to Japan. So that was kind of our whole itinerary. It was about a three and a half week itinerary. And we booked this with frequent flyer miles. So if anyone listening uses frequent flyer miles, which I know a lot of you do, here's a cool way of how you can make use of a stopover and a layover. And a layover is under 24 hours. So we're going to fly into Singapore at 5 p.m. And then we're going to leave the next day at 2 p.m. So it doesn't count. It only counts as a layover. So you can do as many times as you want. So Singapore is a great place because we had friends there and because it's just one city, so you can kind of see a decent amount in under 24 hours.
1: Yeah, we were really looking forward to it. You know, there are a lot of good spots to check out there. We went to the Raffles Hotel and got an original Singapore sling for like $30. Not
0: as good as the one that we actually got on (laughs) Singapore Airlines for free, though.
1: And we went to some of the local food markets, and it was just really cool. So we packed it all into about 20 hours, and then the next day we get to the airport, and we're excited because we're going to Bali, and we've all... I've always wanted to go there and just really pumped. And then they won't let us on the plane.
0: Yeah. Everything is great. The Singapore airport is great. So it's cool just to even see that. So we had just 20 great hours in Singapore. We, pumped to go to Bali. And we knew that to get into Indonesia you need you got a visa upon arrival. So you when you landed, you just waited in line. They get you know gave them twenty five bucks and they gave you a visa. So that was all well and good. So we knew we were okay there. But when I was going to get on the plane with Singapore Airlines, when we were checking in at, at the gate, they said, I'm sorry, sir, you 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 can't get on the plane. And at first we didn't really know why because they weren't being very clear.
1: But it turned out that Travis had no blank pages left in his passport. So before we had left Japan, we gotten a visa already for India. So we were all set with that because you have to do that one in advance if anyone goes to India. So you had one blank page in your passport, and we thought, well, this will be fine because this will be a good page for them to use the Indonesian visa. But it was an amendment. Yeah, Yeah, it
0: was the last page. And at the top, it said amendments and corrections, I believe. And all the other pages at the top said visas. And the Singapore Airlines representative told me, I'm sorry, sir, they can't put a visa on this page. You need a blank page that says visas or you won't be able to get into Indonesia. And the reason he was so adamant is... If the airline lets you go to a country and then you can't get in, you don't have the right paperwork or whatever, they get fined, you know, 10,000 or tens of thousands of dollars. It's a very big fine. Plus then I would, he told me, you know, you would get, yeah, you'd be in Indonesia and they'd put you on the first flight anywhere else that they could and get And this actually
1: you. did happen to one of our friends. She went to Brazil, didn't know she needed a visa, and they wouldn't even let her leave the
0: airport. Right. You can't leave the airport. You have to pay for the basically the next flight out. It's usually super expensive. So he was telling me that would happen in Indonesia. And I was telling him, listen... First off, I have a blank page. It says amendments, you know, and I also said it's Indonesia. I'm sure I can pay my way out of whatever happens. It's not going to be that bad. I have to get on the plane. One of the reasons being is if you book flights with frequent flyer miles, the issue becomes if you miss a flight anywhere in your itinerary, it cancels the whole rest of the flight. So it wasn't even like I couldn't get on this flight to Indonesia, but we could fly down cheap to Indonesia the next day. No, we
1: would miss our flight from indonesia to india and then our flight from india back to japan and then like we said we were moving back to the states so we were going back to japan for like a day and the next day flying back to
0: america right it would cancel out the rest of our itinerary which was the major problem it wasn't really getting down to indonesia that was a problem so he would not let me on so i begged and pleaded no 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 he kept telling me no
1: Needless to say, we were a little bit stressed out at this
0: point. I was super stressed. I even tried to like kind of sneak around like I had Heather create a diversion and I tried to sneak around. I knew if I could just get into security, I didn't know what would happen because I wasn't given a boarding pass. So who knows if I would? He saw me. He ran me down. He's like, sir, you cannot leave here. This and that. Very adamant. There was nothing I could do. The Travis charm, as Heather likes to say, didn't work at all. And so we were then stuck in Singapore. So now it's about 5pm in Singapore. We missed the flight. We're not allowed on. We have to call our friend up. Luckily, we had a friend we were staying with. And yeah, I
1: mean, or we could have stayed at a hotel or something. But it was convenient that we had a really good friend in Singapore. So the Changi Airport has free Wi-Fi. And we just got on the internet. Travis had to make an appointment at the U.S. Embassy. embassy. Thank God that Singapore is just a city that's a country because there was an embassy you know, in Singapore. Very close. And there were two appointments left. One was in the morning. So we booked the appointment. We called our friend. She's like, of course you can come back.
0: Yeah, so, who knows what would have happened if we were in an area that didn't have a U.S. consulate or embassy anywhere near it? I I don't know what we would have done. We'd have had to go to the nearest one. So thankfully, Singapore—it's right there. So the next morning, we go to the embassy, and of course, they tell me I need to get more pages in my passport. And they told me that it would take two days and to get eighty dollars and eighty-six dollars. Two days and eighty-six dollars. And I said to them, I'm like, "Well, sir." my naive instructor i'm like listen just put new pages in my passport am yeah, like you how can, hard
1: is it to can add 10 pages or glue
0: them in right now i could watch you do it it would be done in 3 minutes he kept telling me, no, no, no. Finally, I talked him into at least doing it that day. So I was going to have to come back. This was like at 9. You could only go from 9 to 9.30. Then you had. he said, you have to come back between 3 and 3.30. So this was a pain anyway, because we had to fi- figure out how to do the bus system in yeah. Singapore and, and get to the embassy. The,
1: the U.S. consulate guy, he was like, well, are you sure that you even want to add these pages because your passport expires in like two months
0: yeah, he said to me, he's like, like you know, it's going to cost 86 bucks and your passport expires in a couple months. Are you sure you want to pay the money? Because, you know, they're not valid after it expires. I said, did you not listen to my whole <laughs> sob story that I need these pages to get out of Singapore? Like, I'm not going to wait three months in Singapore. So he he was not really with it. Anyway, he said I could come back and pick it up at 3 p.m. Then we had to go back to our friend's apartment. A little bit of foreshadowing here. I got out my computer and I was on Skype. And what I had to do was call U.S. Airways, the the... Airline whose miles we had used to book this ticket. And I kept telling them, Can you please rebook me on Singapore Airlines, the same flight, but for today? I I couldn't get on the flight yesterday. They wouldn't let me on. And they told me, No, 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 it's up to Singapore Airlines. It's not up to us. And so I'd call Singapore Airlines and they would tell me, after telling them the whole story, No, it's up to US Airways because that's whose miles it used. So I literally was bounced between these two companies, Singapore and US Airways, both of them telling me it was up to the other airline. Probably 10 times for like four hours. I got nowhere. No one would give me anything. You know, they, they wouldn't throw me a bone at all. So eventually I said, Heth, that's it. We're going to Singapore Airlines headquarters. I looked it up. We took like the hour long train ride there. And we show up at Singapore Airlines' main headquarters. I'm like, I'm going to get this done. This is probably the most adamant I had ever been about anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, persistence pays off because we did not just sit idly by and wait for something to happen. I mean, we really had to work hard to get this whole situation resolved. So we get to the to the Singapore airport headquarters, which is in this really beautiful mall, actually, in Singapore. It's like the city or the country to shop in. We're sitting in there. We have to get a ticket wait for our number to be called. Meanwhile, Travis has to go back and pick up his passport.
0: Yeah, so I have to get a taxi. I have to go back to the embassy, get my passport. I come back, and Heather has finally just sat down with a representative to kind of explain the situation. And lo and behold, we get the one representative there who was the slowest human I have ever seen. She didn't know what was going on. We explained it to her. I mean, you know, they speak English. so That's the native language there. So it's not that there was a communication barrier other than the fact that she was kind of just dumb and didn't know (laughs) what was going on. And we kept trying to explain in real simple terms what we needed. We needed a flight. We, our other flight got messed up. She pulled out a book that was literally like as big as a phone book, and she is leafing through the pages. Yeah, I
1: don't know what she was looking for, maybe one. some type of script that would give the answer for us, it was, but excruciating. it was so, so frustrating. So finally, we both said, listen, we just need to speak to someone who's in charge here, like who's the manager, who's the person responsible for, you know, right. helping us out.
0: And there's there's a kind of a guy sitting behind all... There's like a row of like 10 desks. And they're all the, the customer service representatives who are helping people. There's a guy sitting behind there, like a real dour, sour-looking man. And he's watching all this unfold. And he's seeing us get more animated and kind of more like, you know, uh, like upset. Not really upset, but just being more forceful that we need to get something done. And so finally, we tell her like, go get that man. He must be someone important. <laughs> yeah, he's so- watching... He He comes comes over over
1: and we just tried to explain to him. He's not really being, you know, too, he was having none of it. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really want to help us, but somehow we managed to.
0: Well, we just kept saying, I kept saying, I'm not leaving here until you get me on a plane, on a Singapore Airlines plane, on this ticket, like so that our itinerary doesn't cancel out. We need to get there with Singapore Airlines, and it has to be on this award ticket, or else the rest will cancel out. And at first, he wanted none of it. And I don't know, he kind of changed a little bit, I think, when he realized that we just weren't leaving. Yeah,
1: we weren't going to give up and we weren't going to leave. And so finally, he just kind of prints this sheet of paper, which Travis likes to say, what was it? It was on a
0: dot. Matrix printer. <laughs> so literally it's just like roads of numbers and letters. We have no idea what it is. He prints it out. It's on a dot matrix printer. He's taking off like the little sides of it. We're like, what is this? <laughs> and he highlights one line and like I said, it's just a bunch of letters and numbers. Yeah, like, and we're like, okay, three well, XY H, J, whatever. And we're like, what the heck is going on here?
1: So he basically says to us, you've got to get to the airport. Give this to the desk. Don't say anything. Just tell them that I sent you. And he gave us his name. Like maybe it was Charlie or something. Tell them Charlie sent you and you'll be hopefully able to. You should get on this this flight.
0: And there is a fee. Of Of, course. Of course. So a fee meaning a obviously of like two hundred dollars, so I thought, well, this is the best
1: worth it, right? (laughs) This is
0: the best option we have. Who knows if this is going to work, or if he's just printing something out, and I'm a complete fool, and I'm giving him two hundred bucks, and that's it. So we gave him the two hundred bucks. The flight literally left in like an hour and fifteen minutes, and he had said, he's like, you have to get there, like the flight leaves. So we we
1: go outside, we get the paper, we leave the the mall. But of course, it's like this huge shopping mall in Singapore where, you know, loads of people are shopping. There's actually a queue to get a taxi, which, thank God, went quickly. We grab a taxi. We give the guy our friend's address. We say, we're just going to run up, grab our bags. Can you wait here? Then we'll go straight to the airport. Right. He waits.
0: Our bags have been packed already because we knew something like this might happen. So we just ran up to her apartment, grabbed our bags. Sped off to the airport, get to the airport, go to the check in desk with the same people who wouldn't let me on the day before because it was the exact same flight just 24 hours later. So it's the same people working. And I just hand them this piece of paper and they're looking at me like, What is this? I said, You know, Charlie told me to give this to you. You know, it's highlighted. I'm on the 505 flight. Me and Heather are on the 505 flight. They spent like 20 minutes, like everyone in the company came over, including the guy who knew me from yesterday who wouldn't let me go through. <laughs> And he's looking at me. They have no clue what this is. And, I, and again, we don't know either, really. We have no idea. So again, we. I think they just realized that we weren't giving up this time. And, and
1: there were obviously two seats on the flight. So they let us on.
0: So they let us on and we rushed. We literally just got to the plane. I mean, all that was happening as like, you know, the time was whittling down. So we had to run through security. Luckily, we were in Singapore. Everything worked really quick. We get on the plane. And as we get on the plane I go to pull out my laptop to watch a movie on the plane and I realize that
1: you don't have your laptop. I don't have my
0: laptop which not a huge deal for someone who isn't a travel writer or a blogger. We have one laptop at that point. I had used it to Skype all those other companies. It was sitting on my friend's desk coffee table like her coffee or, yeah. table and so
1: it was in singapore and we were now on the plane leaving for bali and so what do we do oh uh, well first we'll talk about when we arrived in bali well
0: yeah we arrived that's right we arrive in bali and of course you have to get a visa upon arrival so we're just standing in the line waiting to get to pay our 25 bucks and get a you visa, know, with
1: 300 other people that just got off the flight
0: totally unsolicited a balinese official comes up to me and he just says Hey, man, do you want to uh, skip this line and get a visa a different way? And I'm like, well, I don't really care. But sure, he's like, all right, 20 extra bucks and you could come here and you could skip the line.
1: Yeah, there was like another desk just in the other corner of the room. He was just going to take
0: me to the other side and just give me (laughs) a visa right away and I would have to skip the line. I'd give him 20 extra bucks. Now, we didn't end up taking him up on that because we thought, well, who cares? We'll just wait in line. But this was unsolicited. So, you know, long story short here, I could have easily gotten on the plane in Singapore, showed up there. This guy wouldn't care if it was an amendments (laughs) or a corrections page or anything like that, obviously. All I would have had to do was give him a few bucks and I would have been right through so and there you go Singapore that, Airlines yes. I was right you were wrong
1: but Singapore well, being a lovely country is very official by the books. They're, you know, quite straight laced. So they don't want anything wrong or anything looking bad upon them. So
0: so we got in. Everything was good. We had the computer then shipped to India because we were going to India next and my friend had an apartment there. And so we had the computer shipped to India. Our friend Sophie had sent it from Singapore, sent it. This cost like $200 because she got it all priority and checked and, you know, all the security with it because it was a computer.
1: Insurance and whatnot.
0: And, you know, I am then in mumbai and i'm calling day after day to try to get this computer cuz it's not showing up and they're telling me well you need this you need her to send you a picture of what the, the slip receipt is or something like that so we get all this paperwork it's day after day i'm sending them more stuff nothing nothing we're in india for 3 weeks we never see the computer. If you ever call up the Mumbai customs desk, you will hear it ring three times. You will hear someone literally pick up the phone, not say anything to you, and hang it up. And they will do that for hours upon hours. Yeah,
1: so while Singapore is efficient, then India India is is just corrupt and doesn't care at all about you and your computer sitting in the customs office.
0: Yeah, and so what happened then was, you know, we were without a computer for three weeks. We leave India. We thought we're never going to see this again. Luckily, my friend is a uh, U.S. diplomat. He started like escalating it up kind of the chain of command and you know, someone at the top who works in customs with the U.S. embassy went to Mumbai customs, like, "Where is this computer? M- you know, my worker needs it." And uh, turns out it had been sitting there that whole time. And basically, the guys were waiting for someone to come and give a bribe to get it. Now, how we would have ever known that? Who knows? Oh, we
1: never would have known that if we didn't have someone in the foreign service to just go over there and act like they knew what was happening. We would never have known.
0: Yeah, and so my my buddy Nick then goes and, and gets it. And, you know, he shows up and they, they tell him, like, you, we need money to get this computer. Like, you're not going to get it without giving us money. And he said he slammed down his, like, US diplomat card. Grabbed the computer, basically had a few choice words for these people. And just th- walked out. <laughs> walked out. They're yelling at him. He just walks out with it. So good on you, Nick. Thanks for that. Then the problem is that we, our computer is in India and we don't want to send it out of India because it's going to have to go through customs again. It's probably good. Same guy is going to try to keep it. So. We didn't know what to do. Luckily, a friend of ours from Philadelphia's parents were going to India. So we said, Jesse, would it be possible if your parents somehow met my friend Nick? You guys don't know each other at all. In Mumbai, you know, made this little switch here, gave them the computer and they flew it home. Um, which they did, so yeah, that... yeah,
1: and I mean, it seems like a lot of trouble for just a laptop, but we ha- we didn't have everything backed up on it up to date. Tons of plus, pictures. it was basically a brand new MacBook Pro. We had bought it a couple months before. You know, it's eighteen hundred dollars. You don't want to just wash that down the drain as a loss without trying pretty hard. I guess maybe the moral is that we're a pretty persistent couple and we don't <laughs> give up very easily. But um,
0: so we get the laptop the back, back. We get the computer back. So excited! Yes, we have now not had it for about three and a half months and within two weeks we had it back we were up at heather's parents house and she was you know on the computer while drinking coffee by accident knocked her coffee cup uh, which spilled all over the computer and Whoops. completely fried the computer so four months waiting to get the computer back. Less than two weeks, the computer was completely fried. Anyway...
1: It just wasn't meant to be.
0: Wasn't meant to be. So that <laughs> is my biggest travel mishap, getting stuck in Singapore because I didn't have enough passport pages. And then the whole computer debacle thrown right on top of that, of losing it, getting it back, and then basically frying it within, within two weeks. So a huge tr- travel mishap for me. It ended up okay, but... Certainly not what you want to do in the middle of a trip, getting stuck in Singapore.
1: Yeah. I mean, in the end, it's a funny story to tell, as are all travel mishaps. You know, you have something that people can laugh about later. But I suppose this one wasn't very dangerous or life-threatening, which Not like Heather's
0: us... travel mishap, which when we talk... Yeah, this was literally life-threatening. And we should say that we were in Thailand and we were renting motor scooters.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing to do in Southeast Asia, and especially Thailand, is to rent a, a motor scooter and just kind of explore the area. So we were up in Chiang Mai, and we all did, we were traveling with one of our steady travel companions, Courtney and Calum. They've been on a lot of trips with us, and they're pretty experienced with riding a scooter or a motorbike. And they decided to get one scooter, and then Travis and I decided to get our own because we're not as comfortable, and we don't want to ride with each other. Heather. So I basically
0: knew I was gonna crash, and when I crashed, didn't want Heather on the back to have to crash with me.
1: So we get the we get the scooters, and we decide to take it on like a practice run. And our hostel's not too far away, so we say to Travis, like, "Why don't we go down a couple roads, and then if you feel comfortable, we'll continue on." So we go a couple blocks. Travis is like, "Oh, I'm feeling great. Let's just keep going." Now Travis's issue, for some reason,
0: I I don't know why this is. I think it might be because. I I'm legally blind in my left eye. That could just be an excuse as well.
1: But it does definitely throw off your depth perception. But
0: turning right has always felt very strange for me. Like on a bike or anything, when I turn left, I'll take it at any speed. It feels very natural, very comfortable. Turning right feels awkward to me. And again, I maybe if a doctor an eye doctor is listening to this, you could tell me <laughs> whether it's because I'm legally blind in my left eye, it throws off. But I've always felt very uncomfortable going right. So we'd only done left-hand turns up to this point. So of course I felt good, and we get to a stop sign on a pretty busy road in downtown Chiang Mai,
1: and we have to go right.
0: We have to go right, and those guys take off and they go right, and I'm about you know there's a car coming, but I have I have time, so I start going right, but I'm not I never turn hard enough when I'm going right. That's my problem. I feel weird like I'm going to tip over, and so I'm I'm not turning hard enough, so I'm going to go in like into the sidewalk. the sidewalk, and so I try to give it a little more gas and turn harder. You know, I end up just completely gassing it way too much and wipe out like wipe out, skid across the road, almost ran right into a restaurant.
1: And um, your whole body on the left-hand side or whatever is just... just On my right-hand side. Right-hand side, sorry, is just a road burn. And you're pretty pissed off, and our friends, Courtney and Caleb, come back, and we're like, okay, well, you know, fortunately our guest house is, you know, like 30 yards away, we'll just walk back over there and the the I think the mirror had fallen off the bike and yeah, it, was it was just like it was a huge off. mess and so we get back to the guest house and I go to the pharmacy and I get some antibiotic and big bandages and I get Travis all you know
0: I'm basically the walking wounded at this point bandaged up all on my forearm and elbow and then down my leg and you know the next day I knew I wanted to keep biking I knew I could kind of beat this it was just I felt uncomfortable once. A- so we went into a parking lot and I literally just went around in a circle turning right the whole way for like an hour until they kicked us out. And I felt fine. So we did take them like a 20 mile trip up and back to these waterfalls the next day. So all was well, you know, we could ride motorbikes and that was great. And
1: it was super fun and we all had a blast. Well, then, you know, a couple of days later, we go down to the islands and we're on Copenhagen. And one of our friends, Bobby, actually had told us that when he was in Copenhagen, his best day of his life life was literally spent just biking around the island of Copenhagen. And it's really beautiful because the road goes along like cliffs and you're just on the coast and it's up and down hills and it's just a really great experience. So we did that, you know, all day
0: baby. All day Fantastic day We had three bikes It was me I had one by myself Heather one by herself And then our, Courtney and Calum Had one together Just a phenomenal day Up and down these mountains Into the interior of Copenhagen, where Where it's like kind of jungly Just like literally One of the best days We have ever had Until
1: And so the day's winding down And we're not exactly sure Where we are But we know we're close To getting back to town And back to our, our hostel And so We stop on the side of the road And some random person tells. Tells us that there's like an ice cream shop a mile behind us. So if we want to turn around, we could get some really good ice cream to end the day.
0: And we hear ice cream and think, okay, cool. If anyone tells us ice cream, we're going no <laughs> yeah, matter where obviously. it is. So we... we take the we have to turn around and do a u-turn. So Courtney and Kalen do it first. I do it next and then Heather's right behind me and Heather's much more adept at riding these scooters and and motorcycles than I am. So no big deal. She's just doing a u-turn.
1: And what happens is I see in the distance this farm truck coming down the road. And I mean, this is a quiet road on a small island and I shouldn't have been nervous, but I just felt, "Oh, I have to like take this this u-turn a little bit more quickly because here comes this farm truck." And so I go to Hit the gas and then it kind of accelerates too much, and I want to hit the brake. But I don't know if you've been on a scooter, but the acceleration and the brake are all on the same handle. And I accidentally just slammed on the gas instead of the brake and just jetted off the side of the road into a line of trees. And just kind of something stopped me, and I didn't go over the bike or anything. I something stopped me really abruptly and then the bike kind of just tipped over with me like underneath it and it was pretty jolting and Travis i guess had seen it or i i
0: i probably heard it i don't know how i don't know if i was looking back or i heard her say like whoa whoa or something and i looked back and i saw her go off into the ditch and you know, so I parked a bike, I ran back, and by then the Thai farmers had also made it up to where Heather was, and Heather had, had pulled herself out, and there was bottles of beer all like littering the side of the road, and she was kind of bleeding a little bit at that point, and I thought, all right, she was probably cut by like, you know, a bottle of beer or something. That's that's not too bad. You know, we we'll have to get that bandaged up. And the Thai farmers are just pointing and pointing into the weeds. And I have no idea what the they're trees. talking about. And so they go and they grab her bike out, and they're still pointing. I thought maybe they meant like be careful, there's poison ivy in there or whatever. And then I noticed that Heather is bleeding much more profusely than I originally thought.
1: And it turned out that there was a barbed wire fence that was just all along the line of these trees, but it was pretty hidden because, you know, there were it was all. Overgrown
0: these, it's overgrown
1: and stuff. It's overgrown and there's weeds in these trees. And what had stopped me actually was this barbed wire fence. It had kind of like hit me and like buoyed me back almost, like in a so, movie or something. I
0: mean, not to get too graphic, but it had missed her jugular. It cut her in the neck by less than half an inch and it cut her right above her lip like right above the lip. So it didn't catch the lip, but it was right between the lip and nose. And I saw that she was bleeding a lot more. So our friends in turnaround came back and I said, guys, no matter what you do, and Heather was taking it pretty well because she, she couldn't see herself. I was really shaking because she was bleeding a lot. And, you know, and I, I could seen, see it and she couldn't. So yeah. she just was bandaging herself yeah, off putting I mean, water on it. I had it.
1: some, you know, minor cuts and abrasions like on my shoulders. You know, I mean, we're in Thailand. I was wearing like a tank top and shorts, you know. So I had uh, quite a few little cuts. I'm just like, oh, whatever. This is no big deal. Like, I grab a water bottle. I have a first aid kit in my backpack. I'm slapping on Neosporin and band aids. And, and I'm I was, like, I was right. shaking like,
0: because <laughs> I saw the barbed wire. And I don't think Heather even knew. Did you know you had run in barbed wire at that point? I'm not even sure. I think I was the only one who knew because they told me so i just was like imagining how bad it could have been and she was bleeding a lot and i tell our friends courtney especially i was like please don't come back and be- say anything just like pretend it's okay we'll get to the hospital of course courtney comes running up and is screaming like oh my gosh you're bleeding so much and of and- course then heather looks in the mirror and she could see that she is she's bleeding a lot i mean she gouged her neck
1: yeah, so I had I didn't realize that it was quite so bad, and then I looked in the mirror, and you know I'm seeing the blood, but more I'm seeing like my face is kind of disfigured. I mean, it's, it wasn't as bad as I had thought, but in that moment, you know, I'm a little bit in shock, and I just see that my face is covered in these scrapes, and I'm like, oh my gosh, vanity took over. I start shrieking and screaming like I'm just what were you shrieking now? <laughs> I'm gonna be ugly. I'm gonna be ugly i and over to need over plastic again. surgery.
0: <laughs> screaming, I'm going to be ugly. I'm going to be ugly. You better pay for plastic surgery. <laughs> like, meanwhile, we're trying to bandage her. We're in the middle of a Thai road, <laughs> a back road. And, you know, we're like, what the heck? So Heather, you know, we said, all right, Heather, get on the back of the bike with our one buddy. Me and Courtney will grab the other bike. So let's go to the hospital. And she just bandages herself up. And she says, no way. Yeah. Hops on her own bike, speeds off. Meanwhile, we're like, what? This, this girl is crazy. Like, she's speeding <laughs> off. She's losing blood. She's speeding <laughs> off on her own power, looking for hospital. She was just obviously very. I think I, you were very pissed at yourself. Well,
1: I was mad because, you know, I like to do things well. And when I crashed, I felt, you know, pretty embarrassed about it. And I, I'm pretty prideful. So I just was like, no, I can handle this. I'm going to get right back on my bike and I'm going to drive myself to the hospital. I don't need anybody's help. Not my finest moment. It was so, not my finest well, moment. Well,
0: it was pretty impressive. I mean, we were a little bit nervous. We're riding behind like blood is splashing <laughs> on us. That's
1: being dramatic. <laughs> you know. But fortunately, we were actually pretty close to the the hospital it was only a few minutes down the road and we pull into the hospital and you know I have no idea what to expect we're in Thailand on an island what is this going to be like well the hospital kind of had an open air theme to it, you know, there were geckos running across the walls, but it was very clean and very sterile, and we walk in, and they won't let Travis in with me.
0: Because I'm too dirty.
1: Yeah, I was too dirty. And <laughs> they say, I um, look too dirty. You know, the nurses are just wearing, like, these World War II era, like, you know, skirts and dresses and aprons and I mean it was really wild. They had
0: on the whole uniform. But they were very
1: professional and very clean and you know they stitched me up. I mean they gave me a tetanus shot for the barbed wire. They stitched me without any anesthesia so I got three stitches in my neck and two stitches above my lip and it hurt Pretty badly. And then that was it. It was done. I mean, how long do you think it took? Fifteen minutes, maybe? Yeah,
0: fifteen to thirty minutes, but then they give us the bill and the lady's explaining to me. She's like, you know, here's how you can get this paperwork to get reimbursed. We were living in Japan at the time, so we had Japanese healthcare, and they're trying to tell us how to get reimbursed. And I'm doing the math in my head and I'm like thirty Thai baht to a dollar. So I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, like, I must be missing a zero. Turns out it came out to thirty two US dollars. I was thinking, there's no way, it must be three hundred and twenty. Am I messing this up? Thirty two dollars. Nope. $32 for for the you know for the emergency room visit for getting stitched up for the antibiotics the
1: tetanus shot the
0: tetanus shot everything and painkillers
1: so. you know yeah. so
0: so, put, puts the U.S. healthcare to shame when it comes to uh, affordability and all that stuff. It was great um, that she got all stitched up, but then, of course, for the rest of the trip... You know, you know we
1: look like invalids. <laughs> I can't go in the water because of my stitches. I have all these white bandages on my neck and my face. You can't hide that from anyone. It yeah. Was...
0: I have road burn all up and down my right side. So, we both had you know some pretty crazy experiences with motorbikes. Since then, we have been on them again. We've used them. We haven't crashed. I <laughs> I think it's kind of a rite of passage if you're going to Thailand. Hopefully it's not too bad, but they do call it the Thailand tattoos. So these people are, you know, walking around with a road rash yeah. and crashing Let's bikes just say and we stuff. weren't
1: the only expats in Thailand that had crashed a motorbike. Nonetheless, it doesn't make it any easier.
0: And so those are our two biggest travel mishaps. And again, we're, we're we're telling them now they're funny, they're interesting. You know, even when they were happening, they weren't the best situation. But I think there's lessons to be learned from that. So we'll kind of end on this as like, you know, reading Rainbow or G.I. Joe, like there's a moral of this story. <laughs> it's not just funny stories, although we want to hear yours, of course, as well. Have, what do you think would be your biggest takeaway when someone says, now we've traveled a lot, we've had these mishaps, including some pretty major ones that we just told? How can people deal with travel mishaps when they're happening? What's the best piece of advice?
1: Well, the thing is, and this is something that you say a lot of the time no matter where you are in the world, whether you're in your home city or you're in another country, accidents happen, mishaps happen. So you just kind of have to roll with the punches. And that's something that Travis is really good at. You know, his strength there is just kind of going with the flow and staying positive. And then, and my strength is that, you know, I don't usually freak out. I can remain pretty calm when it comes to an emergency situation. So as long as you know where your strengths in life lie, I think you can really rely on that when you're traveling.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I I would say my best piece of advice, Heather's really good at staying calm in like really crazy situations like the other than saying she was going to be ugly, but she stayed calm. She (laughs) banned herself up. She went at it. I think my biggest piece of advice to be was like, this is why we do travel. You know, it's the unexpected. It's not always saying I'm going to go to the Eiffel Tower. I'm going to see it, and that's it. It's all the experiences around that 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 you don't know are going to happen. Like the guy, the baguette guy that you make friends with, or the, the crepe guy that you make friends with, or whatever it is. And most of the time, ninety five percent of the time, those are positive experiences, even when they're happening. And sometimes they aren't. But I do think that. When you are traveling, that is the point of traveling, making sure that you realize that these unexpected things that are happening are the reason that you want to be traveling. And if and if you don't like it, then maybe you, know, you should reconsider traveling or how you travel. But that's what we love about traveling. And so I think rolling with the punches and just realizing, okay, this isn't life-threatening. Hopefully, it's not life-threatening. And if it's just a little bit of an inconvenience or even a big inconvenience, you just go with it and you continue to do it and you just enjoy it for what it is. And you look back later... And you use it as a positive reinforcement or as positive a mindset. A growing experience. A growing experience. And I think that's why we wanted to share our travel mishaps with you today. Besides the fact that hopefully you found them interesting and entertaining, know, entertaining <laughs> of course. Um, and maybe you learn from our mistakes. Make sure when you're in Singapore, you have more than a page left if you're going to Indonesia. But we, of course, want to hear yours as well because, come on, we can't be the only people out there that have had funny, crazy travel mishaps. And I know that we haven't because everyone who comes on the show talks about them. If you really want a really good example, you can listen to our interview with Sailing Bo about him sailing around the world and a really great travel mishap about being in a Russian sauna. So that's a really funny one if you want to hear some more of these stories. But let us know yours at com slash mishaps please give us your mishaps. We don't want to be the only goofballs out there. We know that you guys have made mistakes. That's the point. We're all sharing them here. So please make sure that you let us know your mishaps at extrapackapants.com slash mishaps. Of course, too, we want to thank you for the support of the podcast for making us the number one travel podcast on iTunes. And also, let us know about podcast gluttony. Again, what you like, what what you don't like, you know, what we can improve upon. We are 20 episodes in. We want to keep doing it. It's a lot of fun, but we want to make it the best show possible. You can let us know by emailing me at You can also leave a review on iTunes. If you do leave a review, you may just be the featured reviewer here at the end of each episode, and Heather is going to read this week's featured review.
1: This week's review is by Steno Goddess. She says, Trav does a great job hosting the podcast and asking interesting questions of his guests. I've learned something new from each one. The inspiration level coming from some of these guests is truly amazing.
0: Thank you, Steno Goddess. Steno Goddess is also an awesome Instagram user. Whenever we post stuff on Instagram, she's always liking it, always commenting on it. If you do want to kind of catch up with what we're doing and live time pictures of our travels you can follow us on Instagram that's probably the best way Heth you run the Instagram account you do a fantastic job of it
1: yeah it's just at pack of peanuts
0: yeah at pack of peanuts really easy way so thank you Steno Goddess for the review thank you everyone who's left reviews who's emailed me telling me about podcast gluttony what they like what they don't like thank you of course for listening and until next week because this is Friday
1: happy free travels I'll show you Paris.